You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadam. Well, you're going to have to uh, excuse me if things sound a little bit odd. I'm literally shivering in my, in my basement right now. Hey, yeah, all right. Ugh. All right, we're good. Mm. We're good. We're good. We're good. Got this. All right. Um, we're going to start off nice and easy. Um, because I don't want to just come into this like slamming into something and then be like, all right, let's talk about the news. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have a hard time kind of, kind of staying off of this. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to go down this path, but, um, I'm going to have to, um, it just, it just kind of, I was, even when I woke up this morning, I was, for some reason, some of these things were kind of on my mind and I was like, you know, just kind of kind of slightly perturbed, and some of these thoughts were just kind of going through my head. Um, and then um, Mr. Santos, who is one of my oldest and most loyal listeners, um, fantastic dude, he sent me a clip by Colin Coward. And um, it's, it's going to push me a little bit over the edge here. Again, I... Well, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just launch into it. But the bottom line is this: it's exactly what I said on Twitter. If you're upset by the loss, fine. If you're upset with Rodgers because we lost, that's fine. If Rodgers played better, we win this game. There's no question about it, and you have every right to be upset with Rodgers in this particular game. That's it. And I have seen a nonstop anti-Rodgers barrage. And people have started creating fantasies. They're starting to literally build a new reality around this, this theory that Rodgers is not good, was never good, and it's just it just keeps growing. It's like this virus that just keeps growing. It's this it's like an omicron of misinformation. It's just spreading like wildfire. And people just start believing it and just start saying random things that don't even make sense. And every time I see a little bit, it's like, eh, why? What are you talking about? And and it, it again, I'm going to say this and then we're moving off it. But I didn't even listen to the whole clip yet. I heard one thing he said. And I said, all right, pause. Let me look that up. Wrong. I mean, it, it was basically 50-50 that this was either right or wrong. Let me just check because I can, I can look it up. And he starts off by saying, the data is clear. We now know for a fact that this is a thing. And I'm like, do we know that's a thing? I didn't know that was a thing. Let me look it up. I looked it up. He's wrong. But he just says it. So, as you can tell, a little perturbed. Again, fan how you want to fan. But I'm officially done with the whining and complaining insofar as you start making things up and slandering Rogers because your feelings are hurt. You're sad we lost. I get it. That's fine, but that doesn't mean you get the right to just say stupid stuff and lie and make things up. It's like <laughs> Mr. Negative has been on a tirade, and his, his favorite thing that he always comes back to is Jordan Love. Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love. Jordan. He will not stop with Jordan Love. He just, for, for whatever reason, will. He, it always comes back to that, that pick. We should have got a wide receiver, deepest wide receiver class. Why didn't we get a wide receiver? What, why, what mediocre wide receiver should we have gotten? Doesn't matter what I say. Okay, who, who did the, what wide receiver did the Chiefs take? What wide receiver did the Rams take? What wide receiver did the Bucks take? You know, the Rams in the second round took Van Jefferson. How's he doing? All these dominant teams. What wide receivers did they take in that class? 
or what player is is the reason that they're going to win the Super Bowl? What player did they take in, in the first round of 2020 that's made the difference for them? Or even, you know, and he's denying that he said it now, but I, I just flat out asked him, is, is Justin Fields a bust? Do we know that he's done forever, that he's never going to be any good? No, we don't know that. But we know that about Jordan Love. So it just, again, it's, it's, not, it's not reality. This is not about... This is not, let's have a, a, a rational discussion. Let's, let's sit down as though we're economists and pour through the data and come to conclusions based on the data. This is anger based on irrational sadness and, and just everything and just, and just lashing out for the sake of lashing out. It's looking data in the face and saying, I don't care. I understand that it's irrational to say that Justin Fields, we, we still have to wait and see. Despite the fact that he played almost an entire season, we still don't know. But Jordan Love has played like one game, and we know he's a bust because I'm mad that he made that pick instead of taking some, some mediocre wide receiver. And because I can't let that go, I'm going to come to irrational conclusions, and I'm going to stare it right in the face and say, I don't care if I'm being irrational because I have the right to be emotional. I have the right to just say stupid stuff because I'm emotional. How, how silly is that? No, you don't. You have a right to say I'm still upset about losing that game. That's true. But why do you think that makes it okay for you to just start saying random things that don't make sense? If you want to come to conc- if you want to start pouring into the data, then start pouring into the data. You want to find out why we lost? Fine. Go in, figure it out. You have a theory? Don't just run to Twitter and say here's the reality. That's not how theories work. Go look it up. Colin freaking Coward, I've, I've said, of all the guys that are out there, I like Colin Coward. I really do. Everybody acts like he's the same as all these other guys. He's not. Things he say says really do make sense a lot of the time, but every once in a while he says stuff, and it's like, Colin, what are you doing? What are you doing? Seriously, he'll say stuff that, you know, you listen to it, it's like, man, that, that really does, he makes me think, no, you know, Skip Bayless has never said a single thing that has made me go, wow, that's, that's a good thought. I never thought about that. That's true. Never once. He's a he's a big giant goofball. But I I just I mean it's it's nonstop with Packer fans right now. Just the nonsense and it just will. And again, it's not rational. Everything you say, I'm gonna put it up against somebody else. Well, we know this about Rodgers. Okay, pause. Number one, did you go look that up? Do you know definitively? Do you even know where to find that data? Or are you just basing this on your own emotions? Secondly. The regular season and the playoffs are not the same. So if you want to say that things are different in the playoffs, you have to then go look at other players. Go look at Tom Brady. Does he have a similar situation? Is he equally as good or bad? So you first of all have to prove through the data that what you're saying is true. And by the way, you're probably wrong. But even if you can prove that it's correct, now you have to go look at some of the other quarterbacks in the playoffs because remember you're playing more difficult teams more difficult defenses so yes the yards per attempt are probably down the yards might be down the interceptions might be up all these things might change because again you're playing better teams so you have to do the work first stop running to twitter or facebook and just throwing out random angry sadness and acting as though it's rational facts it's not if you want to just go on Twitter and say, dude, I'm, that sucks. I'm still upset about it. I'm, all right, sorry. I can't get over it. I, all right. Yeah, that sucks, dude. I get it. It's crushing. It's been many years of crushing. You know who else is probably sad? Vikings fans, Bears fans, Lions fans. Because their team also sucks again. Yeah, well, they don't know what it's like to be good and then not good. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. It's a different kind of sadness. You know, Whatever. Okay, you're still sad, but just stop doing that. Stop saying things without even looking it up. I'm tired of having to do this homework just to find things are... I mean, it's... You know, 10 seconds. It took me 10 seconds to figure out this. And it's happened like 10 times now. Somebody says something on Twitter, and it's like, that doesn't seem right. And I look it up. Nope, it's not. And then there's just... There's there's 50 comments on that. I know, right? Yeah, oh yeah, everybody knows. Oh yeah, that's just... This is a fact. This is a fact. It's clear. It's, uh, uh, uh. No, it's not. How do you know? You didn't even... People are so confident in their opinions that are based in nothing. How can you be so confident in something you have no idea? Because your feelings told you so, and so now it has to be true? Come on, guys. Come on now. We've got to be better than this. Well, I'm frustrated with him, so I get to make up whatever I want, and you just you, you have no right to just 
attack me about it. I'm trying to be nice because I understand it's an emotional time, but it is it is turning into a complete cesspool on social media. And I don't want to be a guy that goes on there and just starts attacking Packer fans, but you guys are just being ridiculous. And to be honest, it's kind of fun to look into these. It, it, and listen, maybe that's not your MO, right? There's certain things I'm I'm terrible with and certain things that I'm good with. I have certain things that I could not care any less about and some things I'm interested in. I love having a thought and then pouring into it, really trying to dig deep. And that was actually one of my biggest concerns, even after 2020. After 2020, when we lost, I said, I don't know what the answer is. I don't even know where to go from here, because what do you do? What do you do about the fact that it's not like, well, here's our weakness. And again, this is my problem with the whole 2020, we should have got a wide receiver theory. The, the problem with our team isn't that our weaknesses exposed us. Well, it kind of was with special teams, but that's a completely separate thing. Uh, pause. We'll get to that in a second. Not pause. We're going to continue. We'll table that. But the problem consistently has been we can't rely on the guys that we've been relying on all year. We can't, re- and it's not just Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, Rashawn Gary, Zadarius Smith, obviously Billy Turner, not that he's necessarily the greatest in the regular season, but he's consistently been letting us down in the postseason. What do we do about that fact? What do we do about the fact that it's not a matter of looking at Brian Gutekunst and saying, why couldn't you have gotten us better players? It's a matter of Brian Gutekunst got us good players. The good players got us to 13 wins. The 13 wins got us into the playoffs and got us a first round bye. But then those exact same players who got us this far suddenly decide we don't know how to play football anymore and can't win. What do you do from a designing a team standpoint? What are we supposed to do? And there, and again, there's all kinds of weird theories out there. And usually they, they culminate into let's get rid of Rodgers. But that's not a very fully thought out process. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be there with you, but what is the thought process? How do we get better? Well, we can't do it with Rod. Okay, well, first of all, we can't put it all on Rodgers because it's not just Rodgers that's collapsing. In fact, the theory that it's been the last two years is completely false and debunked. He was one of the few very good players. In fact, he might have been the best player in that entire game against Tampa. He was one of the few things that wasn't broken in that game but it was several other players. So we get rid of Rodgers, we keep all the other guys that are also broken, and how does that fix the postseason? The fact that we don't get to the postseason, are you that damaged by this? I mean, and, and, and I'm, I'm talking to multiple, you know, if I'm not talking to you, I'm not talking to you, right? If this doesn't apply to you, don't get mad because I'm not talking to you. I'm t- obviously talking about somebody else. If, if this is about a salary cap thing, if this is about, listen, we're, we're not getting there with Rodgers and I don't want to continue to damage the salary cap, Let's let's build in a new direction. Maybe it's a leadership issue. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Whatever. I mean, you, you can have whatever theory you want because, again, I don't know what the answer is either, but at least have something that makes some kind of sense. You know, I don't want to continue to damage our salary cap by pushing into a plan that hasn't been working. Even though I don't know exactly what the right plan is, this is not it. I don't think we're going to get there with what we currently have. So let's start to build in a new direction. Let's fully give Matt LaFleur what he wants because right now we're in kind of this Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers hybrid thing and it's not really working. I want to fully push into this 49ers thing. I want to fully push into, let's take a quarterback that's just going to blindly go into the system. Let's push into this running game a little bit more. Let's get better at it. Let's invest more resources in the offensive line and and tight end. And let's see if we can get this running game going a little bit more, whether that means we actually run the ball more often or just that we're better at it. Let's invest more in this defense and just become this stingy, we win at the line of script. You know what I mean? That's 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 at least a direction that kind of makes sense. Whether or not it's going to work, I don't know. But it's like, let's just move in a different direction because this isn't working. And again, I don't even know if that's necessarily true. Because we're also stuck in this thing where it's like, well, we haven't won, therefore we can't win. That's not true. As I've said, all you can do is put together a good team and then hope that that's good enough to win in the postseason. But there's never any guarantees. And, and the idea that we're cursed because we haven't won, not not really. I mean, it's been how many years? I mean, you, you can bring up 2014 or whatever if you want, but every year has its own challenges. This has really been three years, 2019, 2020, and 2021. There's no reason because we had good teams those years to assume that we were going to win. 2019 and 2021, to be completely honest, are honestly kind of fraudulent teams, even though nobody wants to admit that about 2021. When you look at things like DVOA, point differential, et cetera, et cetera, our record was better than what our team actually was. And so when you look at that, if you honestly really dug into that, 2019 and 2021, the reality was we never really were supposed to win. We weren't good enough to win. And it wasn't because of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the biggest reasons that we had more wins than we should have. 2020 was the one year in which we really were very good, but even still, we weren't the number one team, and even if you are the number one team, that still doesn't guarantee you get in. 
So there, there is a lot of reason to say, let's reload and do it again, because all you can do is build the best possible team and go after it again. Now, the, the, the hang-up that I have is we're going to have a very similar team, but probably going to be gutted a little bit. But at the same time, you get back Jair, you get back David Bakhtiari, you get a continued growth from guys like Rashawn, from A.J. Dillon, from some of these younger guys. Potentially, DeGuara takes a step. Potentially, Amari takes on a bigger role. I know we've already written him off as garbage and everybody wants him cut, just like we said after year two of Devontae. I understand that people are emotional about him as well. But there is potential sometimes for people to get better. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm open to pretty much any theory. Just don't say silly things that I can find out in five minutes you're wrong about. Don't do that. Don't try to tarnish Aaron Rodgers' entire legacy and say that he was never great, to say that he, if we tried to trade him, nobody would ever want him. All of this stuff is silly, and you got to stop. If you want to try to come to a rational conclusion, I don't care if that includes Rodgers being here or Rodgers leaving, fine, but come up with something that actually makes sense. Don't just flail loudly and pretend that means something. By the way, I tabled the special teams thing. There, there's This is another thing that's, again, it's, it's kind of bothering me a bit. We all know special teams is a problem, right? One of the things that a lot of people like to do is to kind of look backwards and say, now that I know that there's a problem and have identified it, I get to, you know, Monday morning quarterback this and make everything right, right? Jordan Love. I mean, I, I, as I've said, even if Aaron Rodgers stays and we end up shipping off Jordan Love, everybody's going to lose their mind. But the question isn't, having looked backwards now, was that a bad decision? The question is, was that the right decision at the time, right? I've I've, I've given the blackjack analogy. If you have two face cards, two kings, you now have a 20. Nobody in their right mind is going to hit with 20. What Packer fans and football fans and a lot of people like to do is when the next card comes up and it's an ace, they look at that and go, Brian Gutekunst is an idiot. There was an ace sitting there and he didn't take it. That's what Packer fans do. The question is, at the time, did the decision make sense? Was this the best decision at the time? And I know a lot of people would say, no, it's not, which is hilarious because at the exact same time, we're looking at this thing, we need to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can't do anything, right? So as everybody's collapsing and basically proving that Brian Gutekunst was right to invest in a quarterback, we're also simultaneously saying he was an idiot for investing in a quarterback. So it it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But beyond that, let's look at special teams, right? I've already said we should have fired uh, Mo Drayton. I've also said that that probably wouldn't fix things. It was more of a, um, it was more of an opportunity to essentially send a signal that this is not acceptable in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We play championship football here, and I'm not going to tolerate this. But that doesn't fix things. That doesn't give us better players. That doesn't mean that somebody's going to come in here and just be this great special teams coach. But beyond that, there's a lot of people who are furious about A.J. Dillon cracking a rib. Let me ask you this. How many people out there, and you don't have to out yourself if you don't want to, but how many people out there are holding both of these positions? Number one, shame on the Green Bay Packers for not taking special teams seriously and for just throwing out a bunch of scrubs and not investing the time and resources into special teams and also having this view, why on earth would a starter ever be on special teams? Special teams is for scrubs. We should not have any starters or any quality players on special teams because of the potential for them to get hurt. See, because the goal for you is to simply attack Matt LaFleur, Maurice Drayton, and make them look stupid and make you look smart because you're angry and you want to attack these people without actually realizing that you're simultaneously saying you would be the exact same idiot. Your special teams would suck because you would never put any starters out there. Or you would, and then suddenly you just forgot that you would. And in this moment, when Dylan got hurt, suddenly now you wouldn't. You would never have done that. Would you... Put starters on special teams if it made your special teams better. Yes or no, because there's only so many players. There's only so many players you can put out there. You can only have, what, 48 players on game day that can dress? And we can't have Devontae, MVS, Alan Lazard out there. Can't have David Bakhtiari, Billy Turner, Josh Nyman, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Lucas Patrick, um, Dennis Kelly, can't have Mercedes Lewis, can't have Josiah DeGuara, probably shouldn't have Dominique Daphne out there, can't, obviously can't have any of our quarterbacks out there. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon can't be out there. Patrick Taylor, I mean, he's is he allowed to be out there? We kind of needed him in this last game. We don't want to, I don't know, I'm, I'm asking you. Can't have Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Tyler Lancaster, uh, T.J. Slayton, uh, let's see, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Whitney Merciless, Chris Barnes, Devondre Campbell, uh, Zadarius Smith, Jonathan Garvin. Can't have Stokes, Sullivan, Savage, Henry Black, Adrian Amos, Jair Alexander, Razul Douglas, 
Probably shouldn't have Kevin King out there. So what is our special teams? It's Shamar Jean Charles. Um, if he's even dressed, I don't even know. Um, Oren Burks, Isaiah McDuffie. I don't even know if we have enough guys. Uh, can we put EQ out there? Amari Rogers, obviously, but you guys hate Amari Rogers. You don't want him out there, so I guess we'd take him off. I don't know. I don't think we even have enough guys. Jake Hansen? <laughs> who's, going out, who's going out here? And again, you're not even giving the opportunity to say, let's put our best guys out there. You're saying we, we literally only want our worst guys out there, and hopefully they're the best special teamers. Because if they're not, which would make sense because they're not the best football players, so my money is on the better football players being also the better special teamers, but it doesn't have to be that way. But I'd be willing to bet a guy like Eric Stokes would be a pretty sweet gunner, <laughs> right? <laughs> you put, Think about our secondary in general. Do you know how fast Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, and Darnell Savage are, and Kevin King? Do you understand how fast they are? Dude, if they were all on the, on, on the, uh, the, I mean, they can't all be gunners. I think you only have two of them, but you just put them all on special teams and just say, get down there. Pff, be dominant, but you don't want to get them hurt, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not on board. I'm just saying you got to pick a lane. But again, people get angry and they want to hold both positions. Shame on the Packers for not investing in special teams. Shame on the Packers for investing in special teams and getting guys hurt. Can't do both. I'm sorry. You got to pick a lane. Same with whether you start or rest, right? Think about that. We're, we, we, it was smart of us to play in Detroit because we didn't want to come out flat. We still get a bye week. We still come out flat. And David Bakhtiari didn't play because he played against Detroit and got hurt. So how are we feeling? I mean, he didn't get hurt in game, but he apparently wasn't good enough to play the next week. So... Are we still feeling like that was the right strategy? Maybe it was. Maybe Rashawn doesn't play as well. Maybe some of the other guys that, maybe the defense plays like garbage if we didn't play in that game. I don't know. But as I said, there was no perfect solution. There was no good solution to that. But again, I, I don't really care what your opinion is as long as it's a thoughtful one. That's, that's my main point here. Make it a thoughtful one. I was supposed to spend about three minutes on this and then move on to the news and notes, but this is, this is just how it goes, I guess. Um... I'm just I'm just getting very annoyed with these opinions that have never you you can tell that no thought was put into this. You can tell that it's just running with narratives, right? And th- this is the thing, even and we'll get to it after the break, but even Colin Coward is doing this thing where narratives are getting spun up and I'm going to grab that and say we know and then run with it. You didn't even fact check it. This is an interesting thing. I've never heard that before. Let's check it out. Nope, not going to check it out. The, the, the thought process, the current um, group think is this. Therefore, I'm going to grab it. I'm going to champion it. I'm going to be the ultimate thinker because I've taken this piece of information that everybody else has, and I'm going to hold it above and say, everybody, look over here. This thing that we're all prizing, this thing that we're all clamoring for, I hold it in my hands, and I will hoist it over my head, and I will declare it as true, and we will just we will sit here and we will bang this drum. And it makes sense for a guy. It would make sense for me to do that, right? Want to gather the crowd? What's the crowd doing? What's the crowd saying? Come to me. I hold the thing that you want. You hate Rogers? Come. I also hate Rogers. Unfortunately, I'm too stupid to build my podcast. I'm too stupid to grow a big audience. I'm too stupid to say, just tell the people what they want. I'm sitting over here going, nope, doesn't make sense. And I'm going to go yell at all of them. My entire audience who's sitting out there hurting, I'm going to stomp on their feelings because I'm stupid like that. But I can't help it. That's what this show is. Here's my opinion. And I'm going to just punch you right in the face with it. Also, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to help me do this for a living. (laughs) I'd like to do this full time. If you're a fan of the abuse, uh, I could use a donation. By the way, ah, shoot. I don't don't know what to do here. Um, First of all, you need to pause because stop. All my flailing around, I got uh, Colin over here talking to himself. Um, What are we going to do? All right, all right. I think we're going to take a break here because whatever. And then right out of the break, we're going to launch into some news and then we're going to continue this thought with more specifics. But before we do all that, I do have to say thank you. I know I've been kind of pausing the whole Patreon thing um, because I want to kind of divert some attention away to some other people. Um, But I do have to say thank you to uh, several people that have joined in uh, these last several days. In fact, I want to go back quite a bit here. I don't know exactly. Most of these are deleted. (laughs) A lot of people are you know, abandoning me, but that's all right. I get it. Um, but I think I said thank you to Gary, like on the third, these are all deleted. Um, let's just start here. Thank you very much to big tragic. 
Thank you to Tom for upping his pledge. Uh, 5X, thank you very much. Man, this is depressing. Seeing all the deleted, this is a bad idea. Um, thank you very much to Dan for jumping in on Patreon. Thank you to Ryan, who is an old uh, college buddy. Used to call him the father. It's a long story. Don't worry about it. But uh, he and I were in the dorms together. I think he was right next to me, if I'm not mistaken. That was. Those are some good times, man, being in the dorms. Oh, my goodness. So many interesting characters, and the father was one of them. He's just, just an interesting dude for sure. Thank you to uh, David for uh, upping his pledge. Thank you to Jason. On the uh, so the twenty fifth, we had David jump in. We had uh, Jason up his pledge by double, and Andrew decided to create his own tier. And so there will be a new tier at forty dollars per month that will be named after Andrew. I have to get that set up a little bit. Andrew, I'll be talking to you because I should have told you ahead of time. If you want your own tier on Patreon, by the way, I've decided to do that as a little perk. Just Pick a dollar amount that doesn't exist, and I'll name it after you. Ideally, it's like the next highest thing. Like, Andrew, I mean, if somebody wants to do 50 a month, that would be awesome. Or you can pick like, you know, four bucks or something. It doesn't really matter. But just talk to me first because I have to essentially create a tier, and then you have to join that tier. In other words, delete this pledge and go to the next pledge, and then I'll refund this pledge because I don't want you to pay twice. But if you just create your own tier or, or just donate a, a certain amount by yourself, you're not going to get any of the extra benefits because it's just Patreon's just set up weird that way. I have to specifically say which tiers that I created get which benefits rather than just everybody over this amount gets it. I don't know. But uh, thank you guys all so very much for uh, jumping in on that. Um, in fact, I, I want to take another minute here. I was going to do this another time, but uh, after just punching everybody, I want to go in a different direction and start thanking everybody. So we've, we've been hovering around 270. Right now we're at 271. So I think we were a little bit higher. I've been trying to push. I was hoping to get to like 300, I think, by... I don't remember exactly when, by a certain date, and we've, we've just been with new people and then deleted and new people and deleted. It's just continuing to go down. But um, I was looking at this. Um, July 2018 is when I started this, Patreon. I had three patrons, three patrons, and uh, it was $22, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. This is before I think I had any ads on the show. I had never gotten a dime, aside from, I mean, Ryan, the guy that uh, sent me that. He would he would send donations pretty much un, completely unsolicited. Um, just, hey, what's your PayPal? And just would hit me up. And it was the most miraculous thing in the world. Like, dude, somebody just sent us money. My wife was like, why did he do that? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea why he's sending me money. It's crazy. It does. I don't get it, but he's awesome. We just assumed Ryan was like a multi-billionaire or something. Like, I don't know. He must just hate money. And he's just like, I got so much of it. I don't even care. And then other people started doing it. And then I started Patreon. And again, July 2018, three patrons. By the end of that year, December 2018, it was up to 27 patrons. By the end of 2019, it doubled to 41, or almost, well, not quite doubled, but it was 41 patrons by the end of 2019. By the end of 2020, 137, more than tripled. And then we peaked in November up to 213. I don't know when that happened. It must have been, I don't know, one-time donations or what, but that was the peak, 213 patrons. Patrons In December, it went down to 184. Um... And again, now we're down to 171. So I'm hoping we can kind of kind of stop the purging here a little bit. But just just all that to say, this is truly incredible. When I when I started saying things like, you know, I want to do this full time, it never really felt real, like a real thing. It was kind of a pipe dream. But as the show continues to grow um, and the numbers continue to at least stay at a, a relatively high level, we're still quite a ways away from being able to do that. But um, you know, I had set up, if you go on Patreon, there's a, a little goal bar that says if we get to like 4,000 patrons a month or $4,000 a month, then granted, I, I'm not going to be able to retire with $4,000 a month, but I figured with that and ad revenue, maybe. I just picked a random number that's like a decent chunk of money. And um, the fact that we're closing in on this um, and, and are like doubling patrons at least every single year is pretty remarkable. So again, I just wanted to say thank you guys. And um, Again, if everybody listening just decided to give a buck, I know that's the thing. Even with like uh, Drew and his dog, you look at the amount that he needs and it's like, I don't know, that seems pretty insurmountable. But it's like, no, if, if everybody listening gave a dollar to Drew, he'd have his dog. If everybody just went to my Twitter and looked at the pin tweet and said, here's a buck, one, one dollar. Everybody listening, here's one dollar, he'd have it. He'd have more than enough. I mean, the, the numbers the last few days have actually been higher. I mean, it's starting to go down. Everybody wanted to hear the Rogers drama and the conclusion and then they're going to dissipate. But the point is, the last couple of days, if you look at the number, he'd have more. I think if half the people listening gave a dollar, he'd be set. He'd be good. He'd get his dog. 
And if everybody listening to, to the last couple shows said, I'm going to go to Patreon, I'm going to give him a buck, and that's it. I don't care about his perks. I'm just tired of him begging. Here's a buck. Leave me alone. I'm good, dude. I had, I had a really bad dream that for some stupid reason I made an impulse decision to take a new job, and it was a field service job where I have to travel all around, and it's horrible, and I'm basically on call 24-7. And, uh, but you make a ton of money because you have to travel, and it's a ton of overtime. And I was just miserable thinking about it. My wife was mad at me, like, why did you do this? And I'm trying to convince her it's a good idea while on the inside I'm dying because I have no idea why I just gave up a job that I like that I, uh, you know, so that I can do this new job. I have no idea why I did it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm still in this mode where in my brain I'm like, dude, I am so miserable about work. And so like today is, <laughs> of all days, when it's like the coldest day of the year, my wife's telling me last night until like 8 a.m. there's going to be wind chill of like negative 35. So I don't even want to think about going outside right now. In my mind, I have a new job and it's horrible and I hate it. My computer just popped up to tell me it's negative 10 with the wind chill. So that's, that's slightly more tolerable. But I know I said I wasn't going to beg for a while, but um, if you're interested... Um, it would be really greatly appreciated. I'm going to steal a day here. Uh, please consider it. I've got a lot of off-season things I'm trying to figure out what to do. And the two biggest things I've, I've boiled it down to is I need to put more energy into video content, and I need to put more energy into Patreon. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that. I'm kind of talking to some people right now that are going to help me with some different content. And um, we'll see how that goes. But um, again, if, if, if you're able to do it, it would be greatly appreciated. But why don't we take a break? And we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Packers have signed um, some futures contracts to their free agents. This is basically, um, these are basically ways to just kind of protect your, um, your practice squad for the most part. That's kind of shorthand as to what the purpose is. Um, it all kind of, it's a weird situation because um, the Packers are still beholden to a 53-man roster up until the new league year begins. Once the new league year begins, that's when you get your 90 uh, people that are allowed to be on your roster. But if they sign a futures contract, they are not beholden to your 53-man roster. The futures contract doesn't even take effect, which is why it's called a futures contract, because the, the contract is technically, it begins in the new league year. And once the new league year begins, you have your 90-man roster. So it's a way of kind of gathering up all these guys and ensuring that they're on the roster next year so we don't lose them when the new league year begins and they become free agents. So it's just a way to protect your practice squad, essentially. So if there are practice squad guys that we like or some young guys that um, we, we just want to make sure that at the very least they're under our control, it doesn't mean they have to stick around. It just means that you know we'll have our 90 guys and then we can kind of figure out what we want to do with them from there. But 
But, um, you know, put a little money in their pocket in the meantime that you at least made it until, you know, March or whatever the league year takes takes effect. But uh, those players include, uh, let's see, Kurt Bankert, wide receiver Chris Blair, cornerback KB Anento, quarterback Danny Etling, which obviously is not a guy that was um, somebody that we had with us the whole time, but it's still somebody that we decided to give a futures contract to. So in other words, they will be on our practice squad moving forward. Um, safety Ennis Gaines, linebacker Ladarius Hamilton, center uh, Michael Minette, kicker J.J. Molson, who a lot of people think may be eventually taking over for Mason Crosby. I think there is a good uh, high likelihood of that as much as it makes people mad. I'm just don't shoot the messenger. It's just what I think that they're planning to do. Tackle slash guard Cole Van Lannon and linebacker Ray Wilborn. They also went on to sign Rico Gafford and also worked out three players. This is via J.J. Leahy. But running back Levante Bellamy out of Western Michigan, who is a 2020 undrafted free agent for the Broncos. Wide receiver uh, Rico Gafford, who I just mentioned that they eventually decided to sign, was one of the guys that they worked out. He's a wide receiver out of Wyoming, 2018 undrafted free agent, played for the Titans, Raiders, Cardinals, Bills, and Broncos. And cornerback uh, Keandre Thomas, Kansas State, 2021 undrafted free agent for the Browns and was a former Charger. So they're they're doing some little stuff. I know um, everybody wants to know, well, tell me about Rodgers and why don't we fire Murray Straighton? And some people are even getting to the point where they're like, he's not going to, they're not going to fire Murray. I can feel it because it's been like three days or whatever. It just here's the thing. It, it, it was possible that they were going to fire him like day one. Um, but there was also a part of me that thought, and I didn't come out and say it because I figured if I, if I tweet this, then they fire him. I know they're going to fire him five seconds later. I'm going to look like an idiot. But my thought that I didn't tweet was generally what they do is they go through this inter- this sort of exit interview process. So Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst, they have their meetings. You know, Gutekunst is going to meet with LaFleur and they're going to talk about the season. And it's it's all kind of a, um, I'm not going to say it's for show. I mean, it, it there is a purpose to it and everything else, but it's it, it kind of has this feeling of we're going to make a determination on whether you stay or whether you go. And obviously that's Matt LaFleur is not going anywhere, and and I I don't think there's any reason to believe Joe Barry is under any threat whatsoever. I think the season went very well. And also, it's it's kind of that way with Murray Strait. They don't need to sit down with him and have a meeting, but I think they're going to do that out of respect. I think they're going to give him his time to sit down, to discuss the season, to kind of go over things. He'll meet with Gutekunst, he'll meet with LaFleur, if, if that's even part of the process. I don't really know. Maybe Mark Murphy, who knows? And then they're going to kind of go back and reassess some things, and then they'll come to the conclusion that Marie Straten is not going to stay. That that's sort of the respectful way of doing it, rather than after as soon as the game's over, just saying "pack your crap and get out of here," kind of like they did with Mike McCarthy. The more respectful way to do it is to allow them to go through the process like every other coach, um, whether that be an assistant coach or a, a coordinator or whatever the case may be. Go through that process. Go through your your due diligence to make a determination on how we're going to move forward, and then tell them in due time what that plan is. Now, again, I've I've said you can pretty much put him out of his misery because the fact of the matter is he knows what's coming. Everybody knows what's coming, aside from a few Packer fans that are in full meltdown mode, panicked that maybe he's going to come back next year. Um, by the way, it, as people have said, it's a fireable offense on Matt Lafleur's part if he comes back. I would borderline agree with that. I'm not going to call for him to be fired, but it's 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 right up there with you are pushing it right now because that's the reason. That's a big part of the reason we are not playing in the playoffs right now. But it's not going to happen. All right, they're they're they've chose to do it this way. It's going to be a process. They're going to go through their process, and that will be their determination. And I don't know the day, but it's only been a couple days, so just let them go through their process. Again, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the decision. Be better to put the guy out of his misery now rather than dragging it out and let you know possibly giving him some hope and you know making him sit down and explain himself and and defend himself and explain why next year will be better and make him go through all that process. I understand you're doing it out of respect for him, but it's also kind of in in a way disrespectful if that's in fact what's happening. But that's just that's my thought as to why it's not just an instant thing. I think there is a process in place, and I think they put that process in place for a reason. They don't want day one to be like, all right, you stay, you suck, get out, you stay. You know, it's just, we're going to take our time. This is our process, and we'll we'll make a determination from there. We're not making rash decisions. We're making calculated decisions, even if everybody already knows what that decision is going to be. Speaking of decisions, Aaron Rodgers uh, had come out and essentially said that he will make a determination very soon. Um, and by very soon, he essentially said it should be by February, which is pretty interesting. It, it, it kind of leads me to believe he kind of knows what he's going to do. Um, you know, if you look at even last year, he, I don't think he knew what he was going to do for quite some time. Maybe he did and he was just dragging it out. I don't know. 
But the fact that he can say definitively he will make up his mind leads me to believe he has a pretty good idea what he's going to do. It also makes it slightly less, I don't know, again, if he's on the verge of doing something anyways, um, then fine. But it makes it seem less likely that he's going to retire, you know? It's such a major decision. And, and to come out and say, I tell you what I'm not going to do is retire and then come back. So you're going to make the determination in a matter of a couple of weeks to retire and never come back. I mean, I, I guess Sean Payton did it, the coach, and, you know, that's what people do. They make the determination, and it's it's still enough time. I mean, he's contemplating it, but um, either way, according to him, and, and, and again, he said he's going to do it out of respect for, um, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers, first of all, who have to make decisions, and, and fairly quickly with free agency coming up, and also guys like Devontae. they got to decide, if he, is he going to get tagged? Is he going to get... Uh, you know, tagged and traded? Is he going to just get cut? Is he going to, you know, what, whatever the case may be, is he going to get signed to a, to a contract? And, and what, how does that contract structure look? If we want to extend him, if Aaron Rodgers is here, if Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded, if Aaron Rodgers wants to retire, these all have different implications. If he's staying, then we need to start working with him on a contract, which means we have to do something different with Devontae. If he's retiring, that does this thing with the contract, which means we can do this with Devontae. If he wants to be traded, then we have to work out a trade partner and try to discuss things because then we can kind of tweak how the contract structure works as far as when we trade them so that we can determine how that works. But then, you know, Rodgers and the other team also have to play ball, so there's some work we have to do here. But either way, we have a general idea what we can do with Devon. You know what I mean? So for that reason, Rodgers says he's going to try to get this done um, by sometime in February. In other news, uh, I mentioned Saints coach Sean Payton did retire um, also via Ian Rappaport, this is just kind of reading between the tea leaves here, but he, he said it does sound like Tom Brady is strongly considering retirement. I'm not going to get my hopes up until he says the words I'm retiring, and even then I'm going to be kind of curious if he's going to decide to make this kind of big comeback thing. I don't think he would do that, but he might. Who knows? Now, to be clear on the Aaron Rodgers thing, I, I don't think there's been any indication or any reason to believe, despite all our speculation, that the Packers want to move forward. And again, I've even said that you can make a case that it makes more sense to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I got swept up in that whole thing. But again, prior to this loss, my contention was he's coming back. And all this talk about him not coming back is just, you know, the Bears fans and the Vikings. From now on, it's Jordan Love. You guys are going to suck next year. You guys are going to be in a deep pit of despair when you realize that that's not true because all indications are that it's not true. If you just look at, forget what seems to make sense to you in, in the moment. What information from the team or from Aaron Rodgers leads you to believe that Aaron Rodgers is unhappy, wants to leave, wants to retire, and the Packers don't want him here? They have continued to reiterate the fact that everybody, from Mark Murphy to Brian Gutekunst to Russ Ball to Matt LaFleur to to, uh, Hackett to everybody, they all want him back. Yes, I know Hackett won't be here, but the point is, everybody's on the same page. And, And Matt LaFleur has said, every meeting I've been in, with every person I've been with, the conversation has been around, yes, we want him back. So I think the construction of the idea that the Packers want to move forward is something that we have theorized based on things, again, that do make sense. But it's not a matter of what makes sense to us in the moment. It's a matter of what is. And what is seems to be that the Green Bay Packers have made a determination that if Rodgers says, okay, I'll play ball, then they're going to play ball. And they're going to work out a contract restructuring or extension, presumably an extension, to bring his salary cap hit down. And and that that may just be void years. I don't know what it's going to be to, to just push that cap down. I don't know what those numbers would look like. I don't even want to think about it right now. Um, but the point is he's going to stay, they're going to bring his cap down and then we're going to work from there. And we can sit here and theorize about, well, there's no way we can do it because then we can't do this. And Rogers won't be, you can say that, but I'm just telling you, the Packers have said, if Rogers will come back, then we will want him to be back. And Rogers has basically shown no signs of any, of, of being any bit disgruntled or upset or anything like that. The only big question in my mind is, is he going to look at that and just say enough is enough? And, and, considering legacy is the only thing left for him. If he feels that we can do it again, and I don't really think that there's, you know, again, there's doom and gloom that we have to tear it all down. We really don't. I mean, some drastic things have to be done, but what position group is going to be devastated? Devontae is going to get signed, right? Devontae stays. I think that's, I I don't think there's any scenario in which Rodgers comes back and Devontae leaves. I don't think that's a thing. So Devontae will be here. So wide receiver is not going to be much worse. We're going to have to do something. We may have to go out in free agency and find some other cheap options or just invest with somebody in the draft. On top of, again, remember, we did draft Amari Rodgers. I know you've all given up on him, but he's going to be going into his second year. Uh, Running back is not going to be devastated. Offensive line is not going to be devastated. If anything, it's going to get better because David Bakhtiari is going to be back. And again, I do think we're going to invest in the offensive line um, moving forward. Josh Myers is going to be in his second year, so there is some expectation, some mild expectation of improvement. 
the tight end position may take a hit. I don't, well, again, Mercedes Lewis is, he's still under contract for one more year. So there's no real reason to expect that to fall off. Um, Tunyon, I don't know if he's coming back, uh, but if he does, then that's automatically an improvement on top of whatever step that Josiah DeGuara takes. Um, defensive tackle, there's some guys that may not come back, but Kenny Clark is still there and he is our main driver of that defensive line. Edge rusher, there's no question there's potentially going to be some fall off, but we didn't have Zadarius all year last year and are not going to have him again. And Rashawn Gary is proving himself to be one of the top pass rushers. Do I think it improves? No. Do I think it becomes a a, a unit that is just a the bane of our society, of our society, of our team that just cannot be overcome? No. Uh, linebacker. I don't know the status of linebacker. I don't know if Devondre stays or goes. I think there's a good chance he does not come back. But the fact that we have a team now that that has a system in which guys like Devondre, who again, are not just elite prospects. This is not a guy that is just elite and nobody knew it. This is a guy that has limitations, but was able to thrive in this given system. And I think that that's something that can carry on to other linebackers. Maybe not all linebackers. I'm not saying you can plug anybody in here, but we understand the kind of linebacker we need to make this thing work. And I think that we can identify that and 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 make that work again. Otherwise, Chris Barnes would be a step back, but it's still a guy that's capable and um, whatever. Corner, I expect that to get better. You got Eric Stokes, who got better toward the second half of the year, continuing to improve going into his second year. You're going to have Jair back. I don't know about Razul. I don't, I, again, there's no point really super worrying about it, whether he stays or goes. I don't see exactly where he plays. I have already said I don't want Jair stuck in the slot his entire career. I don't think that's the best thing moving forward, but um, whatever. And uh, safety, I do think, takes a big step back if Amos leaves. But if, if they're able to make it work with him, then um, there's no reason to believe that will fall off. But again, even if it does a little bit, we're not talking about a full-blown rebuild. We're not talking about a devastated team here. We're talking about there's a little bit we got to overcome. We're going to have to be creative. We're going to have to hopefully make have a couple hits in the in the draft, maybe one or two contributors. Um, but it's not we're going to be a three-win team here. It's not going to be back to the days of everybody's trash and you know you know the 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 2017 defense in which you know we just had terrible safeties, terrible corners, no real pass rushers. Like the only guys that were any good at all on our defense were Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. And Aaron Rodgers is out there just dragging our defense. That's not what we're that's not what we're talking about here. Anyways, I uh I promised you that I would kind of delve into this a little bit. And and I'm just gonna use Colin Coward as my example. I'm not gonna go on Twitter and start picking on people. I have seen some some people, including people that I would not have expected this from, um, kind of going down this road. Again, I'm I'm deciding not to name names. I'm just this is this is just a shot across the bow. That's all it is. I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm just going to use Colin Coward as my whipping post here. And again, Ryan, I love you, man. Um, I appreciate you sending this to me. This is not in any way a slight against you. I just, it's just certain things like this are annoying me. And I'm sure somewhere in this clip are some pretty good points, but I just, I can't handle it, dude. You can't say things that are fake and, and not researched and just stand on it because I said it and therefore it's true and because it's the the main prominent narrative. And that's the thing. A lot of people are very comfort, comfortable saying things because all you got to do is throw out everybody knows. Everybody knows. I've watched it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Everybody knows. And if you try to challenge it, ugh, come on, come on now. You're just be, you're, you're just obsessed with Rodgers. You're, you're just a sycophant for Rodgers. You're just, it did, listen to me. Well, everybody knows. Everybody doesn't know. Everybody's saying it. Everybody's feeling it. Everybody doesn't know. Nobody knows because nobody's even looking into it. Anyways, I'm going to start this off with Colin Coward. Um, I have not listened to the whole thing. So again, Ryan, he may be after this says everything that makes perfect sense. But I heard the first statement. I paused it. I looked it up and I said, I can't do this. I can't do this. So here's the intro to uh, what Colin Coward has to say. And it says, Colin on Aaron Rodgers, stop blaming everybody else. Okay, so here we go. Let me talk about Aaron Rodgers. We now have enough evidence. He's not gay, he's not great in playoff games. Hell, he's 5 and 4 at Lambeau and he's been a favorite I think in all 9. He's not as daring in crisis as players like Burrow and Mahomes and Stafford are. And Allen, he's not as daring. He starts playing safe. And I believe it all comes down to relationships. This has always been my theory on Aaron who has fought with his own family. So there's a lot wrong with this. First of all, he's stating things as fact without backing anything up. That's the first issue. He's just saying, this is what we know because we know it. Now I'm going to get into why I think that is. And he's going to find some other unfounded things that can't really be 
um, falsified. In other words, I can say it, nobody can prove me wrong. Like, he has relationship issues and he fights with his family. I mean, first of all, that's so tired. But the fact that he's going to drag that, that, that's the reason why, what are the two things he stated? Number one, he's not as good in the postseason. Prove it. Number two, he's not as daring in the postseason. Now, I actually did go back and look at his stats. I don't think his stats are worse in the postseason. Some things are better, some things are worse. The only thing that seems to be worse is interceptions are higher. By a small margin, they're, they're, they're higher. But his touchdown ratio is also higher. His yards per game are higher. His yards per attempt are higher. By the way, if you look at Tom Brady, almost exactly the same. Every single one of his stats are marginally higher, including interceptions. If you look at his grades, again, look at his grades in the postseason. Now, they are generally lower than in the regular season, but again, it's largely because you're playing better teams. But he still had good grades every single postseason, with the exception of basically this one, where he had like a 60 overall grade, which is not good, but it, it comes back to the first point he made, which again, there were multiple things within the one thing, but he said, we, we know that he's not good in the playoffs. Are you saying that they, and he goes on to explain the record. Well, the record is a team stat. It's not a quarterback stat. Wins are not a quarterback stat. They're not. It's possible that quarterbacks can impact wins, and they probably impact wins more so than every other position. So wins are more of a quarterback stat than, let's say, a left tackle stat, or a right guard stat, or a wide receiver stat, or a safety stat, but they're not a quarterback stat. And I can prove that by going back to games in which Aaron Rodgers played spectacularly and everybody else let him down. But you want to blame Aaron Rodgers for the games in which he plays well and his team lets him down. That's stupid. Again, I generally like Colin, but this is stupid. And this is a guy with a really big program and a really nice microphone, which by the way, the microphone I'm eyeing up buying, same one. Actually, I don't know if it's the exact same one. That one looks a little bit different, but it's it's at least similar. I'm guessing he's got a better version of it, whatever. I don't know, but um, this is where things just go off the rails and people just start saying stuff, and it's like, all right, prove it. And when you start off with Windsor, a quarterback stat, you start off with he doesn't play well in the postseason. And again, he's, he's going to point to things like, well, look at his... Um, which even if you look at like his his uh, passer rating, well, his packer, passer rating is low, lower. What is it, like 100? It is. It's 100.2. <laughs> he's, he's one of the few quarterbacks that has a 100 passer rating as a career. His passer rating in the postseason is 100.2. 45 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. 7.6 yards per attempt. He's thrown for 5,912 yards. But here's the other one. So, so all that I already knew was nonsense because I did that homework coming into this. And I was going to say, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to delve into it today because I'm, I'm not taking it there yet. But I have looked at his postseason stats and I have seen that it's not as bad as you think. And I have seen his, his grades as a, which by the way, you want to see his postseason grades again, 68.1. Um, the last time he was below a 70 was 2012 and then 2009. Those are the only three times he's been in the 60s. And again, it's hard to put 2009 on Aaron Rodgers being a failure. The last three years, you know what they've been? 2020, 2019, and 2016, his grades have been 90, 83, and 87. But we lost because of Rodgers, because he's not good in the postseason. Really now. You can't back that up with stats. You can't back that up with grades. You can't back that up with anything. The best you can do is wins are a quarterback stat. You guys lose. Therefore, Rodgers is not good in the postseason. That's not thinking. That's, that's stupidity. You got to do better than that. It's fine to have a theory. But you can't just feel something emotionally and say, I, I have the right to feel this and you have no right to tell me I'm wrong. No, you don't. I mean, do you have a right to be wrong? I guess technically you do, but I'm, I'm going to tell you you're wrong because you are. I'm sorry. That's not how reality works. You don't just get to stand there and say, I'm feeling this. How dare you d d disrupt my feelings? Oh, well, you have a theory. Great. I love theories. Back it up. And the best you can do is Windsor a quarterback stat? That's pathetic. But here's, here's, here's the thing that, that got me. He, he said something that I have not heard. He said he's not as daring in the postseason. Why did he say that? Should, should I hit the Jeopardy music? I'll give, you, I'll give you a look. What have we been hammering on? There's always a theme, right, that, I'm, that, I'm, that I get stuck on that keeps coming back up. For, for many, many, many weeks in a row, it was, um, now I forget what it's called. <laughs> not context, perspective, right? Perspective, perspective. That's all we talked about. But the last week or so, what have I been talking about? Recency, bias. Why did Colin Coward say Aaron Rodgers is less daring in the postseason? Is it because Aaron Rodgers is less daring in the postseason or is it because he was not as daring 
in this postseason game? Is he saying he's not good in the playoffs because he wasn't good in this playoff game? Again, this game, he had a 68 overall grade. This game, he had zero big-time throws and one turnover-worthy play. He's not very daring in this game. He played it safe. He played all the stuff that he said. He plays it safe. But is it true of his career generally? Let's take a look. In the regular season, Aaron Rodgers, 6.4% big-time throw percentage, 2% turnover-worthy play percentage, meaning 6.4% of the time he's throwing big-time throws. And turnover-worthy plays are basically risky throws that um, whether they get picked or not, they're more turnover-worthy, which, by the way, the fact that he's thrown more, more interceptions in the postseason should kind of indicate to you that he's willing to take more risks in the postseason, but I'll leave that alone. Let's look at the postseason. Remember, 6.4 and 2. 6.4 and 2. What is he in the postseason? 7.2% big-time throw percentage, and that's with a big, fat goose egg this year. You know why? 7% in 2020, 7% in 2019, 7.5% in 2016. 7.2% is his career big-time throw average in the postseason. It's higher, by the way, his turnover-worthy play percentage, 3.3%. He throws bigger throws, more big-time, big-throw type stuff, and he's also throwing more risky passes. He's not more safe. He's less safe. And it took me five seconds to look that up. This is what I'm talking about. You're just saying random things. We look at this game, and then we pretend that this game is emblematic of his entire career, and then we try to dismiss his entire career based on false narratives. And now we, we've, we've taken, and that's the thing, we're not even exploring that. We're just assuming that. That's just a known thing. Everybody knows it now. That's exactly even how Colin Coward started this. In other words, I'm not even going to discuss this with you. I don't even want to have a disp dispute with you. It is settled. It is settled science. It is 100% done. We already know it. There's no, you, you are a science denier at this point if you don't believe this. Everybody knows it. The data is in, he says. He provided none. I don't see it anywhere. Every, every data point I see points to the opposite. But again, we're not discussing that. We know it, and now we're moving forward with theories. And his theory his, is relationships. It's because he fights with his family. I mean, this, this is so stupid. And the point is, don't be Colin Coward. I mean, you can be in some respects, but, but don't do this. Don't make yourself an idiot because you feel bad. Again, I love the, the building process and trying to look and build things and, and fix things and say... What went wrong and how do we fix it? And again, this is tough because I don't know. When you look at it and say, it doesn't matter, it's not the good, it's not the bad players that are failing you, it's the good players. How do you fix that? I have no idea. And maybe there is something to that. Maybe, maybe Colin was about to get to the right conclusion based on wrong data. That does happen sometimes. You do the right thing for the wrong reasons. Maybe there is an issue with, I think JJ had brought it up to me as a theory that this, this has to do with his leadership style and the fact that he's not a rah-rah guy, which Aaron Rodgers has already admitted to. He's not that guy. He's not that leader in the locker room. He's not the guy that inspires the troops. Maybe that is the... I don't know. I don't really have a good theory as to why this is happening. The, 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 the data doesn't point me to a solution here. It would be a lot easier if we had a bad team. It's real easy to look at a bad team and say, well, you lost because your offensive line let you down. Watch the Bengals lose. You know why they're about to lose? Their offensive line is about to let them down. You can't fix the fact that all our good players are playing bad in the postseason. That's not, I mean, you can't just dump all your good players and say, well, we'll just have the bad players then. That, that'll fix it. That fixes nothing. Again, there's a lot of emotional fans saying, I'd rather lose than get in the play. Fine. Then go be miserable somewhere else. That's, you're not helping the conversation. You're not helping anything. You're not helping to theorize as to how we actually fix this, what the core problems are, what we can do moving forward in the draft, free agency with contracts. We're trying to have adult conversations. Go throw your pity party somewhere else. I'd rather lose. Good, good, great, fine. Go, go away, go away. Jeez, just whining. Get out of here. Like a child. Just like so catastrophic, apocalyptic. What's the point? Why do we even try? Because that's, that's the entire point of, of why you play football. You, you're trying. You're, you're just you're doing your best. You put together the best team and see how it goes. And guess what? You're probably going to lose. That's why the Packers are going to run it back, by the way, because there is no law that says if we lose with this team, we can't win with this team. That's the dumbest theory. And by the way, again, all of Packers Twitter and Facebook are running with that theory. We can't win in the future because we lost in the past. Well, that sucks for every single team in the playoffs right now because Tampa won it last year. The Chiefs, why did they bother to run it back? They can't win. Well, that oh, they won two years ago. Okay, so, th so, there's, so, so there's some rules to this. So we, we won, what, 11 years ago with Rodgers. But that, what, is there, are there term limits on that? Are there expiration dates on people that are able to win Super Bowls? 
that was then and this is now, but Pat Mahomes, so what, what is that limit? If you win within five years, it's worth it. If you if you can't win within five years, then then this team can't win and we should just blow it all up. Do you understand how silly this, I mean, we're not, we're not even having any rational conversation rooted in anything logical. We're just throwing out random theories based on, again, emotion. Well, we didn't win with this crew, so we got to throw it out and start over. Why? Should Dallas just dump everybody? You know, we've been losing for years, so let's get rid of all our best players. We should get rid of Dak. We should get rid of Zeke. We should certainly blow up this offensive line because those are our best players. Definitely get rid of them because what good is it? They're not winning with them. Get rid of CeeDee Lamb and all these wide receivers because what's the point? We should just have a whole new coach and a whole new philosophy. Let's let's dump the offense and rebuild a defense because the defense has been failing us. So don't pay Dak. Don't pay all these guys. Let's get some good pass rushers and defensive tackles and corners. And let's ride with that and just have a mediocre quarterback and run the ball and have a good defense. Why would you do that? Well, because we tried and we lost, so we should quit. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Jeez. I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to engage with that. I, don't, I guess that's a theory. Have fun with that. Go, go see what you can do with that. I don't know how to even engage with that. Sure. Sounds great. Yeah. I tried and I failed and I'll never try again. That's, that's the spirit. That's... <laughs> It's crazy. We get mad at Rodgers for, and we get mad at all these players for not having this constant attacking, motivated mindset. But as fans, we are the weakest, most pathetic people. We would be the worst players ever. I swear, if fans, if 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 Green Bay Packers players had the same mentality as fans, we'd be going into Week Twelve saying, "What's the point? Do you remember Week One? We're not going to win this game." Do you even remember week one? Wow. You forgot week one? Wow. So I guess you just forgot how terrible we were? Wow. Oh yeah, I'm going to trust Aaron Rodgers. Do you remember how he played in week one? Do you even remember how the defense played? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to win week 12 because look at week one. You think we won't just fail? We're going to fail. What's the point? Why do we even try in week 12? This is stupid. Well, we won basically every game since, so we could look. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just focus on the positive as though we won't have. You think we'll never collapse again? Wow. We'll just never collapse again? Like, dude, this is, this is, what are we doing here? Like, people are mad that we actually want to try to run it back. Like, what's the point? Why would you even do that? Because it's a good football team, and that's how you win Super Bowls is you put together a good, well, we didn't win it, so we can't win it. Nope, that's not a thing. That's that's fake. It's not. I mean, it should again. Could Dallas win the Super Bowl next year? The answer is yes. Well, they haven't won in many many years. Okay, so what? So what? They have a team that is talented enough that if they can get on a, a good enough streak and not collapse in the postseason, again, DVOA best team in football. If they can largely run it back, even without improving anything, if they have no hits in the draft, if they can just largely run it back and try it again, just hit reset, try 2021 all over again, they could win a Super Bowl. It's not impossible. And the point is, we know that when we talk about other teams, we refuse to acknowledge that about the Packers. We know Dallas has has a chance. We know Tampa, if, if Tom Brady comes back, we know Tampa can win, even though they lost this year. We know the Bengals have a bright future, even though they might not win this year. Why? Because they have good players and they have good core pieces. And if they can hit on a couple pieces in the draft, they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. We know Buffalo lost, but we know that they can win it next year. You think Buffalo should just blow it up? Well, what's the point? What's the How many years in a row do we have to get to the playoffs and everybody's talking about how good we are? It happened in 2020, happened in 2021. We're a good team. We got a good quarterback. We got a good defense. We got all these things. And what does it matter? We can't even win. Mm. It's like, I just want to have adult conversations at some point, man. I just want rational people to just have, like, things that make sense. And it's just, you got to stop with this stuff. And again, I'm not saying, if I'm not talking about you, I'm not talking about you. I get so many people that get mad at me, like, well, that's not my theory. This is my theory. Well, then I'm not talking to you, am I? I'm talking to the people I'm talking to. Don't just throw yourself in front of my car and then say that I was chasing you with my car. (laughs) Don't do that either. If this is not your theory, I'm not talking about you. Again, I've already said... There are rational reasons to believe we should move on in a different direction. I've personally said that, that maybe it is time to move on. That's not the point. The point isn't that Rodgers has to come back. Don't straw man this. Don't pin me into a corner and say things I said that I didn't say. I'm simply pointing to certain people making certain irrational decisions. Even if it's the right decision, come to it for the right reason. Don't just sit here with your emotions and say nonsense. Don't do that. And that's the majority of what I'm seeing. 
People are coming to conclusions that can be rational, but for completely irrational reasons. And the discussions and arguments taking place in the comments section don't make any sense. Make sure every argument you make makes sense and can be backed up. Don't just say it because everybody knows. Oh, what, you actually think we can win? Uh, yeah, how many years have we lost? Duh. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. That's not how that works. That's not an argument. We lost in the past many times, therefore we can't win in the future is not an argument. The Bengals won a playoff game. Shame on them for trying. Been 30 years since they won a playoff game, and and, and what gives them the right to even try? I don't know, man, because that's what you do in football. You put together your best team, and then you try. And they tried and failed for 30 years, and then they kept trying and kept trying, and they drafted quarterback after quarterback and wide receiver after wide receiver and pass rusher after pass rusher every year. New players, new coaches, new GM, new this, new, 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 and they keep failing, 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 failing. My entire life they've been failing, and this time they tried and they got in. Because because they just got, well, it's because they got a new quarterback, therefore we have to get a new quarterback. No, again, nope. That was just an example of why generally that rule doesn't work. If you want me to find another one in which a team that has had the same quarterback got in, I will. Crying out loud, man. So, dude, I mean, listen, I've, I've just drawn a line in the sand, and I understand I'm not going to convince everybody, but I'm just telling you where I stand on this. We can have adult conversations, or you can say stupid stuff, and I'm going to make fun of you. That's it. That, that Those are the two options we have. I will, Ryan, I will go back and listen to the rest of what he had to say. But that's as far as I got, and that's as far as I want to go with it, because I can't, I can't handle that. You can't just say the data is in and we already know, and you don't even know the data. Don't say we know the data's in if you haven't looked at the data. Show me the data. Well, I can't because I didn't actually look at it. But I mean, everybody knows. All right, well, I'm out. You're being stupid. Maybe you're right, but you don't even know. Well, I've, I've used your eyes. I've seen. No, you haven't. You think you've seen it. Stop trusting your eyes, because your eyes are being beholden to your brain, which is being beholden to your heart. Your emotions are dictating everything. And you think you're seeing things that you're not. And you know how you can rectify that? Go verify what you think you see with data. Go verify it. You already know you're right. Fine, great. Just just double check it real quick before you blast out that tweet, before you go on Facebook and start rage posting. Just verify it real quick, real quick. And then you know what you can do? It's awesome. Not only can you have an opinion, but you can back it up with data, and that helps you when you make a point on social media because you're backing it up with data. And then we can actually engage in a conversation. We can actually move forward with a discussion because you have some data and you think it's interesting and you want to move forward with a, with a theory. That's great. That's perfect. Let's do that. Let's start doing that as adult grown-ups. I'm begging you. Anyways, um, I'm going to try to not do that every day, but this is, this is going to be a recurring theme, I promise you. There's going to be a new um, theory du jour and it is going to be predicated on nothingness, and I'm going to have to address it. And just just because, again, these things are pervasive and they spread like wildfire. And I know many of my listeners are hearing it. Many people are believing it because a lot of it comes down to that actually makes a lot of sense based on what we collectively think we're all watching. And so I'm going to come out in front of that and say, here's why that doesn't necessarily make sense or at all or whatever the case may be. I just, I that's what I got to do. Everything I do here is reactionary. I talk about upcoming games because that's what's happening. I talk about the games that happened because it's what happened. And if people come out and, and the new narrative and the new you know, firestorm is this, that, or the other, whether I want to talk about it or not, this is what's happening and I have to react to what's happening. I don't get to create the news. I just react to it. You know, Firemen don't go fight, uh, start fires. They put the fires out that start. That's all I do here. I sit around and I wait for fires and I go and fight a fire. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.